Welcome back to Culture Shock, and welcome to the Head Start School from Hell. That's right, this story is out of California. A teacher is accused of placing calming patches on kids. Now, these patches, you know, hoping to aid in behavior changes for children to calm them down, were disguised as stickers. Parents reported their kids were having withdrawal symptoms from these patches, changes in eating, erratic mood swings, and sleeping problems. Here are some clips from a Fox 11 news report. Kids were being drugged with sleepy time patches without their consent, and they say they were disguised as stickers. Did the teacher give you any stickers, any patches? Yeah. And where would she put them? Uh, here. Inside? Yes. Show me where the teacher put the sticker on you. Um, wide my salt. Parents are accusing a teacher at Options for Learning Head Start in South El Monte of placing Zen Patches mood-calming stickers on their children without permission. The parents allege the teacher would take the patches off the students right before it was time to go home, but got caught the day this parent showed up unannounced. And as a physician, I would emphasize the fact that applying any substance, like an essential oil, to children without thorough understanding of their health history and parental consent is not advisable. This began a month ago in mid-November when a boy was picked up from the school early and his mother noticed a patch on his back. The boy's mother noticed a strong scent coming from this patch sticker as well, which was a lazy-eyed sloth is how she described it. She shared a picture of it with other parents at the school. These other parents then asked their kids if they knew what this sticker was. And one mother says her son's face lit up when she showed him the photo. He said, oh, yeah, that's the sticker. He said his teacher would put it on his foot and take it off for the end of the school day. Other students say theirs were placed on their backs and even their chests. One child tried to smell the sticker through the phone. So these children obviously recognized these patches. Now, there were apparently a ton of red flags at this head start from hell that led up to this sticker incident. One parent says when her son fell at school and hit his head, they didn't call his parents. They didn't call them. They made him take a nap instead. Another says over the past several months, her child woke up in the middle of the night screaming from nightmares. Others noticed a significant change in behavior over the last three months much more mellowed children who were once very energetic and lively. One student told her mother that her teacher hit her and pulled her hair. When the teacher was confronted, the teacher blamed it on a separate student, pushing the blame onto a three-year-old child. The next day, that same teacher told the student, your mom hates me, to a three-year-old. A teacher told a three-year-old kid, your mom hates me, because his mom expressed concern over her child's hair being pulled. Now, parents are suspicious that the school is in on this sticker nonsense, this sticker story, as many parents fear that the school is just trying to push right past this and not try to get to the root of the problem. The spokesperson for Options for Learning has not commented on the abuse allegations. And what's really sad is I feel like this is happening way more than it's being reported, because one simple Google search. There's a story from like three days ago 
of a very similar situation happening in Washington state, where parents accused a daycare of drugging children before nap time. Very bizarre. Very strange. These teachers should be held accountable. The school should be held accountable. And these parents should not stop fighting until they have answers. And now to jump to the other side of the country, a very proud moment for Massachusetts Democrats. It's the holiday season. Did you get your invite to the electeds of color only holiday party hosted by your Asian mayor? That's right, an electeds of color only holiday party happening in Boston. The leader of inclusiveness in Boston, the mayor, Michelle Wu, invited electeds of color to a holiday party. However, the email was sent to all city council members by accident, you know, including the white ones. And despite the error, the party is still scheduled, still will happen, and only black council members are invited. Segregation in the year of our Lord 2023. Who would have thought? And no, like I said before, Michelle Wu is not black. She is the daughter of Taiwanese immigrants. She is Asian. So how is she invited to an electeds of color party when she is not black? Doesn't make much sense. Someone can explain that one to me. Imagine being, though, the staff member who accidentally hit send on this invitation to a segregated party, but you sent it to all the white people, too. Were you just sitting there like, oh, did I? Did I BCC this? I don't remember if I did. That, that's awkward. And it's just racism at its finest. In Boston, of course, by the Democrats, of course, who claims to be the party of unity, you know, except when they're excluding white people. But if it was a party just for white people, the mayor would be fired, would be absolutely torched in the media, would be nonstop media coverage for such a racist event being held. People would riot. BLM would emerge again and there would be more riots. At this point, it's like the Democrats only see race. You know, they're targeting the minorities and excluding everybody else. White people, in my opinion, should show up to this party. Hell, they received an invite and wait to be asked to leave because of their skin color. That would be hilarious. Let them argue it's a safe space for non-white people. Let that be the explanation for why they weren't invited to this party. Mayor Wu is giving the Boston community segregation for the holiday season. Merry Christmas. And not only are white people being excluded from this, you know, elite, electeds of color only holiday party, but if you're black and want to be chosen to be an assistant professor solely because of your skin color, UVIC has a job for you. For this job opening, they are only hiring a black person or someone who, I'm sorry, self-identifies as black for this specific assistant professor position. It says, in accordance with the university's equity plan and pursuant to Section 42 of the BC Human Rights Code, the selection will be limited to members of the following designated group, black people. Our search committee will review the pool of applications from those who self-identify with this designated group. Candidates from this group must self-identify in their cover letter to be considered for this position. What would happen if I say that I identify as black? And what does self-identifies mean? Like, can you just say, like, yeah, I'm black, just like a man can be like, yeah, I'm a woman? Like, I dare, like, I dare them to try to question someone who claims that they're black, right? Who doesn't, like, appear to be black? I, that would be, that would be a story, too. Could I pull in Elizabeth Warren 
and say that I am one 1,024th percentage point of black? Or is that inherently racist of me to even question that? You know who I think would make a great assistant professor, though, for this position? And she falls into the category of black because she is hosting a uh, a black-only holiday party would be Michelle Wu. Should I DM this to her? I should DM this job opening to Michelle Wu. She might need a job after she gets overthrown from her mayor position in Boston. Like, a job application like that sounds like it would be illegal. No? Like, I don't know the last time I saw something that was like, we were... We are only hiring a black person. Like, I thought that diversity is what these people wanted. Why are they intentionally limiting a pool of applicants to just black people? That is the opposite of being, like, progressive and trying to be inclusive, claiming you're the party of unity, and then you're intentionally separating people from uniting. It's young people like these this pool of applicants who are applying for these positions who are going to then have ingrained in their brain that that behavior is okay. And then when they get older and they hold positions of power and they need somebody to fill an assistant professor position, they're going to be the ones that do the same thing. We are doomed. Like, we should be making a mockery of their nonsense, but instead, this is being treated as normal behavior. Like, this is the definition of racism. That's racist. You won't hear or see mainstream media covering that because... It's racist against white people, which is fine nowadays. Someone in the comments says, what's the salary? I'll self-identify as a flaming hot Cheeto if the price is right. And now we're going to jump back to the West Coast again. What is going on with these, these coast states here? A Seattle student failed a quiz for saying that men can't get pregnant. This is such an underreported, you know, topic for these stories. I guarantee this is happening so many more times across the United States, and we see one out of like every 100. So yeah, 10th graders in an ethnic studies world history class had to take a quiz titled Understanding Gender Versus Sex, which was comprised of true, false, and multiple choice questions. Many questions covered topics like personal pronoun use and assumptions someone could make about gender identity. Gender identity is the most made-up phrase I have ever heard in my entire life. So what are the two questions that were marked wrong for this student? All men have male anatomy, was it was the statement, which is true. And only women can get pregnant, which is also obviously true. But not in today's times, apparently, because this student got these questions marked wrong. This teacher does not know biology and thinks that men can get pregnant. So after this student was marked wrong for these answers and failed the quiz, a very concerned mother, obviously, of the student was faced with answers from the school? No, absolutely not. Was faced with silence when she approached the school with questions and concern. Seattle Public Schools actually defended the quiz, saying it was an appropriate and inclusive quiz for this course. Appropriate in what? For, like, for delusion? You know, hearing this story brought me back to a personal memory from senior year of college, where I had to do a term paper. I'm pretty sure this was to, like, pass the class. I was a senior. The paper was on why poll statistics that included just men and women are factually and innately incorrect because transgender people were not polled and were not counted. 
yeah, I had to write a paper on how statistics are wrong because trans people weren't included. Yup. And this school in particular, this, this school in Seattle, failed this student because he refused to bandwagon along with his political narrative and this delusion that men can be women and women can be men. And that's being force-fed down these students' throats through lectures that they cannot escape from without fear of failing or not graduating. So they must accept that sex is not, not real, only gender is real, and being fluid is possible and encouraged. Schools won't admit this is morally wrong. They accept it and encourage it. And for our TikTok of the day, a woman who transitioned into a man says she's more of a man than actual men because she had to work to become a man. Let's just listen to this. If a transphobe ever says something to me like, you'll always be a woman, you'll never be a man, I love to hit him with my low voice. And I look at them and I go, I'm more of a man than you'll ever be. I had to work for my masculinity. What work did you do? I missed the memo because I was reliably informed that being masculine or feminine had nothing to do with gender or sex at all. So leftists out there, if you happen to stumble upon this, which would be hilarious if you did, pick a storyline and stick with it. Your inconsistency is irritating and confusing. You don't even know what you think anymore because you're just making things up. That's all I have for you for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed those stories. Be sure to keep a close eye on Town Hall's social media where you'll see plenty of my reaction videos from Culture Shock. And a lot of you have been finding me on Instagram, which is great. My Instagram is heyitslins with three S's, SSS at the end. Uh, you'll see me repost a lot of stuff from the show here onto there. And I always take suggestions for videos. I've received a number of them already. So be sure to keep your eyes and ears out for some holiday Christmas related stories in the next couple of weeks. I guarantee there will be a lot more woke nonsense coming into the media as we uh, approach a new year and celebrate a lot of holidays like the Christmas holiday. And in the meantime, I hope somebody out there will try to break into the electeds of color only party and tell Michelle Wu hi from me.